Good evening, everyone. Uh, we're, we want to thank you for joining us tonight in our conversation. Uh, for those of you who don't know who we are, uh, my name is Dan Spaeth. I'm one of the elders here. This is Cole Mueller. He is our pulpit preacher. And uh, we've got this program going. We call this program The Conversation. Uh, we have been talking about the names of God for the last two or three weeks. And the first one we did was Yahweh Zira, which means provider. And then we, used, we looked at Yahweh Rapha, which means the healer. And tonight we're doing part two of Yahweh Nisi, which means the deliverer or the conqueror, uh, conquer the enemy. Uh, which in the scriptures it says, my banner, that's right. what, he, what he said. So I've got a couple of announcements that I want to tell you before we get started, before we pray. Uh, those of you who know her, Jennifer Williamson's mom died today, I think, Did she, or she died yesterday. She passed away. She passed away. And then Bernice Nelson's brother also died. And uh, we're going to pray for both of the, those ladies. And, and uh, I don't know how difficult that must be right now with our, with our culture the way I it can is only right imagine. now. But, uh, and also, we, we want you to keep praying for our folks in Mexico. I do not have an update on them. I don't know what's going on, but, but I know they're in lockdown. And so just uh, continue to pray for our, our folks in Mexico. Uh, let's pray, and then we'll get started. Father in heaven, we are, are grateful for the opportunity we have to be here tonight. Uh, we're grateful, Father, for the, for the, the text that, that we'll be looking at, uh, for the subject matter that we have uh, to share with, uh, with our audience we pray, Father, that, uh, that they will listen attentively and that they will learn and that we'll present it in a way where they can learn. Uh, Father, we pray for Jennifer and her family as she mourns the loss of her mom. Uh, we pray that you bless her and, and bless Dan and, and the family as they, uh, as they, as they grieve. Uh, Father, help them to and help us to be an encouragement to her and, and to her family as, as, uh, as she moves forward with this. And Father, Bernice Nelson's brother has also died. And, uh, and we pray for her as well. We pray that you bless her and that you bless her family as she grieves and mourns the loss of her brother. And Father, we pray again for our, for our folks in Mexico, for our brethren in Mexico. Uh, we know that they're struggling as well, and we pray that, uh, that you bless them, be with Freddie as he works with them. And, and Father, help them to realize that you are in control and that you're going to take care of all this. Again, Father, thank you for bringing us together tonight. Bless us as we study. And, and bless us as Cole and I present it, present this material so that we can present it in a way where everyone can understand and can learn. Thank you, Father, for the opportunity, and thank you for loving us and being our God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, so this is, uh, this is our part two. Yes, part two. <laughs> of uh, Yahweh Nisi. And, you know, just to reflect, kind of just a quick review of what we, we talked about last time. And so when we looked at this Yahweh Nisi, it's, the name is first mentioned in Exodus chapter 17. And it's mentioned another place in the Old Testament, and that's what we're going to talk about tonight. But that first mentioning really, even there, opens up a real controversial subject. Something that, that people have a difficult time understanding or a difficult time accepting, which is that sometimes God has to bring judgment. Mm -hmm. You know, um, we're saved because of Christ's work on the cross. We're saved because of his blood. We're saved because of grace. And um, the reality is we, we, when we say that, we're not just saying something that's empty. We are saved from judgment. Well, unfortunately, there are those who are going to refuse that salvation. They're going to continue to walk their own way. And that's kind of what we see in, in Exodus. That's, that's basically what we see. We see a, a group of people who do not fear God, who will stand against him, and he, 
he brings judgment. Mm -hmm. And Yahweh Nisi, the conqueror, while he delivers his own people, he brings its judgment for those that it falls on. And for those who would stand against the throne, right? Mm -hmm. And so this evening, we're going to talk about the second half of that, which for his people, Yahweh Nisi is deliverance. And so we're going to be talking about the deliverance that he brings, how he brings that about. And uh, we're going to try to clear up some confusion. I think there's, there's oftentimes some confusion about this passage we're going to talk about. And uh, I think we can, we can get off the beaten track a little bit uh, because it is, it is in prophecy. And so whenever we look at prophecy, there, we, there are a lot of different opinions. And so we can end up saying things that we don't necessarily mean to say or that we know are just not true based on what other scriptures teach us and tell us. So we're going we're gonna to kind of examine all of that. But that's why we're doing it in part two. Yeah, uh, because it's just it's just too much too much to fit into one episode, and you have to do both of these concepts justice. I think the the judgment is vital to understand, and it's vital to put it into its context. And then at the same to- on the same token, the deliverance and how that was brought about and the vehicle that's brought through um, needs to be understood as well. I think the important thing too is as we review just for a moment, is to not lose sight of the fact that this is a name of God. That's right. That this is that this is a name that they understood, and we need to understand that it's a uh, uh, Yahweh Nisi, and we covered it a whole lot last week. So I'm not going to really go into that again, but but just to not forget that that everything that we're going to be talking about tonight, and everything we talked about last week, is is God brought that about for His people. He brought it about for the nation of Israel, and He brings these things about for us today. So it's the same idea, the same idea of conqueror. We just came from a, a just this past week, Easter Sunday, mm-hmm. where where we celebrated, at, at wherever we were, we celebrated uh, God's plan coming to fruition of Him being our conqueror, being the conqueror, and we celebrate that. Of course, for us at the Church of Christ, we celebrate that every first day of the week uh, through communion. But but Easter Sunday is a time when the world uh, looks at that. I don't know if they all understand it or not. Uh, but hopefully we can clear some of that up a little bit. Hopefully, hopefully. All right, so I mentioned it, right? So the first mentioning of Yahweh Nisi, the first time we see that in Scripture is Exodus 17, yes. which is a bag of cats to begin with. <laughs> yeah. we de- we're dealing with something that's very touchy for a lot of people, which is God's judgment. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, not so touchy for other people. I, I, there are some brothers and sisters who are, bring on the judgment, and yeah. that's okay. Everyone is, everyone is different mm-hmm. in the body. Mm-hmm. Um, but for some of us, I, I'm, I'm one of those, you know, I struggle and there's tension there for sure, looking at the realities of a God in judgment, you mm-hmm. know. Um, I think we like to think of our God as merciful most of the time, and he is. He's amazingly yes, he is. merciful. Yes. But, there, but to have mercy, you have to have judgment. And so we looked at that out of Exodus 17 last week. If you haven't watched part one yet, it should be, if you're on YouTube, it's going to be just down below. Make sure to check that out first so you know where we're at in this conversation. Yeah. Um, but here in part two, we're going to talk about another piece of scripture that is another cat bag of cats. <laughs> and so, uh, here we go. We're just going to jump right in. We're going to look at, we're looking at Isaiah chapter 11, uh, one to the, to the end here. Isaiah 11, excuse me, Isaiah 11, one to, uh, 11. Isaiah one, or excuse me, Isaiah 11, one through 11. That's Isaiah 11, one through 11. A shoot will come up from the stump of Jesse. From his roots, a branch will bear fruit. The spirit of the Lord will rest on him, the spirit of wisdom and of understanding, the spirit of counsel and of might, 
the spirit of the knowledge and fear of the Lord. And he will delight in the fear of the Lord. He will not judge by what he sees with his eyes or decide by what he hears with his ears. But with righteousness, he will judge the needy with justice. He will give decisions for the poor of the earth. He will strike the earth with the rod of his mouth. With the breath of his lips, he will slay the wicked. Righteousness will be his belt and faithfulness the sash around his waist. The wolf will live with the lamb. The leopard will lie down with the goat. The calf and the lion and the yearling together and a little child will lead them. The cow will feed with the bear, their young will lie down together, and the lion will eat straw like the ox. The infant will play near the cobra's den, and the young, excuse me, the young child will put its hand into the viper's nest. They will neither harm nor destroy on all my holy mountain, for the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. In that day, the root of Jesse will stand as a banner for the peoples. The nations will rally to him, and his resting place will be glorious. In that day, the Lord will reach out his hand a second time to reclaim the surviving remnant of his people from Assyria, from Lower Egypt, from Upper Egypt, from Cush, from Elam, from Babylonia, from Hamath, and from the islands of the Mediterranean. So that is a whopper yes, it is. of a prophecy, um, and it's awesome. It's awesome because it, I mean, there, it, in my mind, um, there are a couple of passages in Isaiah when I think of Yahweh Nisi that come to my mind. Mm -hmm. And this is, I mean, obviously the name is here, but it's, it's hugely one of them. Mm -hmm. um, what are we being delivered to? You know, I mean, I think we've looked at him as conqueror mm -hmm. and a conqueror brings judgment against the enemies, but he delivers. Mm -hmm. That's the picture, right? He delivers his people and that's what you saw in exodus 17 exactly when he told moses to build an altar and he said this yahweh nisi it was because they had they had for that moment had been delivered from the hand of the amalekites that's and right. we talked last week about how god was eventually going to eradicate them and he does do that you know and we talked about that in judgment but here he's talking about in the future is going to come the root of jesse now we know He's talking about Jesus. Absolutely. That's what he's talking about. Jesus is going to be that deliverer. That he is going to, and we talked a while ago, and, and when I said, if, if Jesus said that I am, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. He said, it, the scriptures tell us that he is a living, breathing, walking, talking emblem of the Father himself. You know, he made himself equal. That's one of the yeah. reasons they tried to kill him, because he was making himself equal with God. And if he is that, then he is Yahweh Nisi. He is that. And this here calls him that. And so everything that happens to us now in the New Testament is because of what this Yahweh Nisi is doing. Didn't just relegate it to the Old Testament. Now it, it's jumped into our realm, into our world. And let me highlight that exact name. So where in this passage it directly says that mm -hmm. is in verse 10. In the NIV, in yep. verse 10 of chapter 11, it reads, In that day, the root of Jesse will stand as a, as a banner. banner. Mm -hmm. For the peoples, the nations will rally to him, and so that's that's where we have Yahweh Nisi in the in the in the Aramaic or the Hebrew. It'll say Yahweh, Yahweh Nisi, Nisi there, yep. right? And so that's that's the exact place. But this whole passage, like like you were just saying, you know, Christ is our deliverer. He's our conqueror that mm -hmm. delivers his people, and that's mm -hmm. and so we don't. We're going to talk about this quite a bit back and forth, conqueror and deliverer, but mm -hmm. they they're kind of talking about the same thing, mm -hmm. right? And so we are delivered. Well, what, that, what does that picture of deliverance look like? And, I, and Isaiah 11 is really it. 
mm-hmm. right? I mean, here we see this beautiful picture that, they, that Isaiah paints for us of all of these contradictory forces, these different groups that are normally at war with each other. And instead, on his holy mountain, under the banner of Christ, we have peace. Yeah. And it's this beautiful picture of, of just of peace, you know, in and, and this, and this wonderful metaphor. It's, it's just absolutely fantastic. I think part of our problem today is that in our culture today, there are so many, so many people, and maybe people that are watching too tonight, that, uh, that struggle with the idea of needing a deliverer. Oh, yeah. There's no, there's really no need for it. Their lives are pretty good. I mean, it, when we're not involved in all of the, the stuff we're involved in, lives are pretty good. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm clipping along okay. You know, I go to church when I feel like I need to. Don't go to church all the time. Uh, don't pray to God that much, but I don't really feel like I need to. And there's a lot of folks out there like that, that I hope some of them they are watching, they say, well, wait a minute. If, if God thought enough of us and, and was afraid of needed to, to send a deliverer, maybe I need to pay attention a little bit. Maybe there's something I'm not seeing. Maybe there's something I'm not catching here mm. that what this, is, what this is about in my life. I really want people tonight to make this personal, to really get this down personal. Because there's a lot of controversy with this stuff. Oh, yeah. And you can go yeah. into Romans of chapter 11. And it, I mean, it's controversial about who's he's going to save. You know, I'm only worried about the guy looking back in the mirror. Yo, what does it mean that that, about that guy that's looking at me? What, is, what does this Yahweh Nisi mean to that guy? And then the people I'm going to talk to, the people in my family. What is it going to mean that he's going to deliver me? Well, and the reality is we have two choices. Um, you know, we've, I've preached on Hebrews a little mm-hmm. bit. And you've taught on Hebrews a lot. lot. Yep. And so, you know, we know that right there in chapter, uh, at the end of chapter four, right before getting into chapter mm-hmm. five, it ta- the writer talks about how we have access to God, the, the ability to walk right into the throne room, and we, we see God on this throne of mercy. Mm-hmm. Well, the reality is a throne, it, a throne is, is a place of judgment. It's a place of authority and power where a king wields his, his, his judgment and his authority and all of these things, and it can be a throne of mercy, but we also know from this, from this very name that it's a throne of judgment. Mm-hmm. And so we have everyone, the real choice that everyone has in this world is, is, is twofold, right? You either will one day stand before a throne of judgment, or you're going to stand before a throne of mercy. The only difference between the two is whether or not you're hidden in Christ, mm-hmm. because no one can be worthy of it. We, we're, not, we're not ever going to make ourselves perfect. It's not going to happen. We're not, whether we can do it or whether we won't do it. I know a lot of people argue about that. I, at the end of the day, the answer is it's not going to happen. Mm-hmm. Whether it's a can't or a won't, it's not going to happen. And if you're not hidden in Christ, mm-hmm. that throne that you will stand before is going to be one of judgment. Mm-hmm. You're going to meet either way. We're all going to meet Yahweh Nisi. Mm-hmm. It's just a question of whether we're going to be delivered or we're going to be judged. Yeah. And on a, on a, on a happier plane, I can live today in that idea of deliverance every single day. Absolutely. You know, I, I mean, he, he calls it the church. It's called the ecclesia. It means the called out ones. Mm-hmm. It means the, it means it, he's, he's described as a kingdom. You know, I mean, you know, the, he delivered us from this into this. You know, he says, he says in Galatians chapter 3 that, that uh, anyone who's been baptized in Christ has clothed himself with Christ. You know, we're all one. 
is what he says there. There's neither Jew nor Greek, male nor female. We're all one in Christ Jesus and, and heirs and, and Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. That means I have become, I have become that part of God's family that, uh, that was, was uh, shown by Abraham down back then. Well, now I get to participate in that as well. And, uh, and I think people understand that, what it means to come into a place like this on a, on a regular day and worship together as a family. I get to worship as, the, as a part of the kingdom, as a cog in the kingdom of God. I get to worship as a family of God that only God could do for me. And that's what Yahweh Nisi, that's what this part of Yahweh Nisi means. It means, you know, he has delivered me from the hand of Satan and he's delivered me into the hand of my God. And that's, that. I mean, you know, I, I host a, hoist a banner from the rooftop, <laughs> scream it from a mountain, because there are so many people that, that need to hear that today that don't understand it. They, they have this, this wrong concept of what this God is. And, you know, I had somebody tell me the other day, he said, well, you know, I understand that, you know, what y'all are talking about, but, you know, it's not really something that really winds me up. Well, it winds me up a great deal because it's telling me who my God is, who he is every step of the way. He is provider, he's healer, and here he is my deliverer. He's delivered me from that to this. And I know where I've come from. I know what that means in my life. Mm -hmm. and, and I'm not going back. Not going back. Been there and done that. But, you know, the, the, that's the wonderment of this, of just a, a thing. People can take this and they can say, oh, well, it, it's so controversial. Yes, it can be. Mm -hmm. But it's not for that, for that guy out there that's, that's struggling with sin in his life. He doesn't really care about all that. All he cares about is Jesus real or not. And I think that this is telling me that, you know, 750 years or so before Jesus ever comes on the scene, Isaiah is writing about him and saying he's coming and this is what he's going to do. And they're going to call him Yahweh Nisi. And it's, and it's really a shame. I, I can't. I hate the fact that this, this passage is so controversial. Um, and a lot of that controversy is built up around uh, when does this, when is this prophecy fulfilled? Mm -hmm. um, there are a lot of people who very sincerely and, un and meaning no harm, believe that this prophecy is going to be fulfilled mm -hmm. at a much later date. That yep. it hasn't been fulfilled yet. Yep. Um, they look at a lot of this metaphor as very, very literal. They're looking, you know, for the wolf living with the lamb and the mm -hmm. lion eating hay with the ox. Mm -hmm. And so they have a very literal understanding of this. And, and in my opinion, we miss the beauty of this passage when we do that. Mm -hmm. um, so a lot of, in Hebrews, I believe it's Hebrews chapter 1, verse 1, mm -hmm. the writer will say that God spoke to us in varied ways throughout mm -hmm. the ages. And mm -hmm. in these final days, he has spoken to us through his son. Um, one of the things we need to understand is a lot of, well, and to capitalize again on just the Hebrews 1, 1 passage, Paul will also point out that these things were a mystery. Now, it doesn't mean that it's mysterious. It just means that it was hidden or concealed. Mm -hmm. And in this passage, we see that because if you know, for those of us who, who really know the Gospels or who've, who've read through the Gospels a couple of times, a lot of this, especially at the beginning, the first couple of verses, this is like you're like, oh man, this is Jesus, right? Yep. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and then, then he starts talking about the, the metaphor, and you're like, okay, okay, that's fine. And then we get down to, uh, we get down to verse 10, and he starts talking about the root of Jesse. 
And so for those who don't know, Jesus was of the seed line of David. Jesse was David's father. That's right. And so there was a prophecy given in 2 Samuel mm -hmm. telling David that one of his heirs would sit on the throne eternally. Mm -hmm. And... Um, and so in these days, the root of Jesse, when the Jews would hear that, they immediately go, oh, well, this is that promise. And mm -hmm. this is the one we're looking for, right? Um, and so we know that he'll stand as a banner for the peoples and the nations. Now, this isn't the first time that God has promised something like this. Mm -hmm. this, is, this has been pretty consistent. In uh, Genesis, I believe it's chapter 12, when he gives the promise to Abram, he tells Abram that in your line, all of the nations will be blessed. Mm -hmm. There is a blessing coming. And if we go further back to Genesis chapter 3, when he curses, uh, when he addresses the snake, he says, and the seed of woman will come and you know crush yeah. your head, mm -hmm. right? And so... There, that prophecy is pretty consistent throughout all the scripture. It, it, there's, it's like a line you can trace, the red ribbon, if you would, that, mm -hmm. that traces mm -hmm. all the way throughout the Bible. Mm -hmm. So it's all leading up to Jesus, really. And so when we start seeing some of this, at the very beginning of the chapter, we start seeing Jesus right away, mm -hmm. I think. I think it's pretty clear. And then we have that middle section, which, is, which I'm calling a metaphor, um, which is this picture of peace. And then we hit verse 10, and we're back to talking about this deliverer, this conqueror. And then here we hear, have in verse, the latter half of verse 11. Now, this is a very common thing in the Old Testament. Remember, I said Paul called it a mystery. Mm -hmm. Well, now he's talking about the events of the past again. Mm -hmm. He's transitioned that quickly from talking about the future to mm -hmm. the past in mm -hmm. the same sense, right? In that day, the Lord will reach out his hand a second time to reclaim the surviving remnant. Now we're talking about the deliverance that's going to come. So the, the people, the, the Israelites, the physical nation that existed during this time, um, I believe it was just Judah at this time, uh, but I don't, don't hold me to that. I'm starting to remember the dates here. So just, but the people that were there, that were in the land, that, were, that, were, that had taken possession of the land, they were split into two nations. Israel would be led away into captivity by Assyria. Mm -hmm. Judah would be led away into captivity by Babylon. Mm -hmm. God, this is part of that promise that says, I'm going to bring you back. And this is it right here. So he's transitioned very quickly. Mm -hmm. This is how a lot of the prophecies concerning the kingdom that Christ would bring in were talked about. He laid those prophecies right on top of each other. He's not only is he prophesying and saying, hey, I'm going to reach out to Babylon and bring you back. I'm going to reach out to Cush and Elam and Upper Egypt and Hamath and all the islands of the Mediterranean. I'm going to bring all of my people back, right? But if we go back up to verse 10, in the root of Jesse will stand the banner and the peoples, for the peoples, the nations will rally to him. You see, that's a different prophecy now. Mm -hmm. We're talking about two different things here. It wasn't really seen. It wasn't really understood. And even today, there's a lot of confusion. This past Easter, um, the sermon I, I gave, I talked about how <coughs> on the way to Gethsemane, the disciples had a lot of confusion. In that time period, mm -hmm. the disciples, uh, or not the disciples, excuse me, the disciples as well, but the common belief in Israel was that the coming of the Messiah would institute a national kingdom a kingdom like what King David ruled over. That mm -hmm. was the common belief. They thought the Messiah was going to come, he was going to overthrow the Romans, and they were going to conquer the world, basically. I mean, that, that's what they yeah. thought, mm -hmm. which is why they were so confused constantly with Christ, because Christ was like, you don't understand. You don't understand what we're doing here. You don't understand what we're trying to accomplish. Um, but if they really understood, like they said they did, the Old Testament, they would have known what was coming. 
To a certain extent. To a certain extent. They to would a certain have known, extent. They would have known because, you know, I mean, the, the, the whole Old Testament points to him. Oh, it yes. Tells, it tells what, he, what he's going to be. Mm-hmm. You know, he's going to save them from their sins. Call him Emmanuel. He will save them from their sins. I mean, that's a direct prophecy about the virgin birth. I mean, all mm-hmm. of these things are told about him. And so it, they, would have, they would have known. They, they should have known. There is no reason for them not to have recognized that Christ was the Messiah. Yeah. But their misunderstanding about the the kingdom and what it was going to look like and what it was going to do, that it wasn't a national kingdom, that it wasn't a physical kingdom. Um, the scriptures will say in the gospels, Jesus will say um, when he's casting out the demon, right? And they say that, oh, well, you're casting him out by the power of Beelzebub. He'll turn around and say, no, I'm not. And, you know, if I cast this, if I cast this demon out by the power of Beelzebul, then who do your people cast him, cast out demons by? What power do they use to cast out the demons mm-hmm. by? But if I cast out this demon by the power of the, by the spirit of God, <clears throat> then the kingdom of God has come upon you. Yep. He'll also say later that the kingdom is not a place that, that we're going to see. It's not a place where you can go over there and go over here and go over mm-hmm. here. Mm-hmm. Rather, the kingdom is in your midst. Yep. And so we need to understand that when we're talking about these kingdom prophecies, we're not talking about a physical kingdom the conqueror isn't delivering us to a physical national border kingdom well, and mark writes in mark chapter 9 in verse 1 he says i tell you there are people standing right here that will not taste death to see the kingdom of god come with power exactly, exactly. so they so they, they, jesus told them the kingdom is going to come it's going to be here and it is here today Absolutely. The kingdom is here today. Absolutely. Now, is there going to be a, a different aspect of the kingdom in heaven? I'm sure. Absolutely. You know, I don't know what all that means. There's still going to be a final judgment. Yeah. There's still, that's still going to happen. Sure. And there, I mean, no one is saying that that's not going to happen. There's still going to be a final judgment. That's what we're delivered from is sure. this final judgment. So there is most certainly going to be a final judgment. No one's not saying that. But what we are saying is his power or authority. So that word kingdom that we see a lot of times in the Gospels, um, it's a Greek word, right? And it, it ba- the word basically is basileia in mm-hmm. the Greek. And it has two different meanings. It has the meaning of power and authority. That's its primary definition. Power, authority, rule, reign, all of those things. And then it has its second definition, which is more of a national kingdom. It's, it's referring to the kingdom that is ruled over by a king. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we have to understand that Jesus makes it pretty clear in the gospel that he's talking about reign, rule, authority, and power. And that has already come. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, like you said, Mark 9, it's nine, verse nine, chapter 9, verse 1, he says, there are, there are going to be people still here today mm-hmm. when it comes. Mm-hmm. And then he'll again say later, oh my gosh, it just ran away from me. The verse is Well, when they, when they, uh, you know, and they didn't understand, mm-hmm. they didn't have a concept of it. Uh, but, you know, those, those apostles, when, when they're in the upper room in Acts chapter 2, and the Holy Spirit comes upon them, and they begin, they, 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 Immediately they know, uh uh-oh, you know, the kingdom just came. This is a spiritual kingdom. It's not somebody riding in on a white horse with a sword and killing all the bad guys. That's not what this is about. This is about a spiritual kingdom that I I get to be a part of today and that exists there as well. I'm going to get to be a part of it in heaven as well. 
it'll be different there than it is here. But it is still a spiritual kingdom that I get to be a part of. And Jesus Christ is the one that brought it in. Well, and so in Mark 9-1, right, I just, sorry, that verse kicked in. And you're absolutely right. Mark 9-1, he says, look, it's going to come and there are going to be people here still today mm-hmm. that are right here that are going to see it come. In Acts 2, we see, we see a lot of that fulfilled. And then think about Matthew 28 for a second. Matthew mm-hmm. 28, 18 through 20, when he says, I have been given all authority under heaven and earth. Mm-hmm. Well, what authority? I mean, is there any authority that's left? What, that, that's, that's the kingdom. Mm-hmm. He has the authority and he has the power. Mm-hmm. And he's been given that. He's been given that by God. Mm-hmm. I have the authority. All authority has been given to me under heaven and earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And then what does he finish finish it with? And lo, I am with you always, Mm -hmm. even to the end of the age. And so we see him immediately, even in the Gospels, exercising the authority and the power of the kingdom. Mm -hmm. In Hebrews, it'll talk about how he's a high priest in the order of Melchizedek. Mm -hmm. Well, who is Melchizedek? Mm -hmm. He was a guy from Genesis who his, his, his literal title was Melchizedek, high pri- uh, priest of the most high God and king of okay. Salem. Mm-hmm. That is a different type of high priest. That's a different type of priest. Mm-hmm. For the, the Levitical priesthood that was established was not in any way ruling. They weren't royal priests. No. Christ is the first of many royal priests. Yes. Because he also is high priest and he is also king. Mm-hmm. He's both. He has both offices. He has both titles. Now, I, want to, I want to go back just for a second what sure. you said while I go. Ephesians chapter 1 says, in verse 22, it says, And God placed all things under his feet and appointed him to be head over everything to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who, rules, who fills everything in every way. So when you talk about he came and, and established, he has kingdom, kingdom rule over the church, over his body. Well, you know, you start to see this, this kingdom, this, this spiritual place, this spiritual church, this spiritual ecclesia is, a, is something that, that God has been planning for a long time. And now Jesus sits in judgment and in deliverance of it. So then when, and I've got Yahweh Nisi. Yahweh Nisi. And so I got a, a scripture that I want to read that I've, I've been talking about it for two weeks that I told you. I was, it's in, it's in second Corinthians chapter two. And it says uh, in verse 14, it says, But thanks be to God who always leads us as captives in Christ's triumphal procession and, and uses us to spread the aroma of the knowledge of him everywhere for you to God, the, the pleasing aroma of Christ among those who are being saved and those who are perishing. They're the one we are the aroma that brings death to the other and aroma that brings life. What he's talking about here is that that Jesus Christ, and he, and he alludes to the Roman triumph, which he's, Jesus Christ is, is, is leading us in triumphal procession. Now, who's leading us? The conqueror, <laughs> the deliverer, leading us to what? Leading us to, to a position and a place within that realm that he has created for us, which he calls his body, which is called the church, which is called the kingdom of God. There, there is a slight difference between the kingdom and the church, but it's a very hairy one. Yeah, it is. And, and we don't, is. I don't want to get into that tonight. No, no. There, there, is, there is a difference. We don't, we're not trying to say the church and the kingdom are the exact same thing. There is a little bit of difference there, but it's super hairy. Um, it can be very, very confusing oftentimes. And yep. I'm not, I don't want to really dig into that. If, We've got the, enough. For that guy <laughs> that's watching, he's looking and he's saying, I don't have a clue what they're talking about. Yeah. I don't want to get it so complicated that, that you know, for... 
I get to be, something I told you a while ago, I've said this in my classes before, I get to be a part of the greatest, the greatest institution this world's ever seen. It is an institution that is eternal. It's not, it's not a, an institution that's going to go away. Like what they were looking for. They were looking for a rider on a white horse with a sword and he's going to wipe out the enemy. That was, that was not an eternal kingdom that they had. You know, we saw what happened to it. But this is an eternal kingdom. And if something happens to me here, you know, I'm still going to be a part of that eternal kingdom that, that I get to be a part of. This is a, this is a gathering of people that when we have people here, it's a gathering of people that I get to be a part of because Jesus leads us into that because he is the conqueror, the Yahweh Nisi, you know, yeah. and it's a, it's amazing it is. Uh, to when you, when you're that little guy sitting out there and saying, I don't have a clue. When you finally look in the mirror and you say, wow, man, he's delivered me from my enemies. He's delivered me from Satan. He's delivered me from the bondage of sin and turmoil and upheaval. And I can be at peace. Now I had, I had a, a, a real tough time when I first became a Christian uh, with a with a couple of scriptures that we'll get into in a minute, and I'll talk to you about it in a minute because I think you you look like you got something to say. So oh uh, oh, so I I'm loving it. I love I I love it's so true. We have this awesome assurance. Absolutely, we have this this absolute. I mean, I I don't think a lot of people. I think there are a lot of people outside of the church who have a very a vast misunderstanding of what faith is. Yes, they do. Um, Faith is faith is 100% reasonable. It's 100% based on evidence. The type of faith that I have in Christ is like it, it, to give an analogy of it. It's like saying I have faith that my car is parked outside right now. Mm -hmm. The only difference is I'm 100% assured of my faith in God and my absolutely, faith in Christ. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's no there's no question. There's no. I mean, it's 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 a very reasonable faith, and we miss that sometimes. A lot of times, I think we kind of live in this world of, well, I, I, I wish it's true. Mm -hmm. um, that's not biblical faith. No. That's not, biblical faith is, I know this is true. Yeah. And because I know this is true, I can live this life that, that I made that mistake one time. Peace. I was teaching in the jail and, and I was, uh, I was sitting there on a concrete floor with bars between our, between us. And there was five or six or seven guys sitting there. And, and, uh, and a guy asked me, he said, well, you think you're going to heaven? And I said, I'm pretty sure. I hope so. And he looked at me and he said, he said, well, dude, he said, if you can't sure, how in the world are you going to ever convince us to be sure? And I thought, you know, I need to really get into this and I need to figure this out because I, was, I had some tough time with some of this stuff. You know, when in Revelation chapter five, it tells us that he says, you, you have been made into a kingdom of priests to serve our God and they will reign on the earth. And I'm going, wait a minute. You know, I don't feel like no priest. I don't feel I don't feel special. I don't feel any of that. But you think that, that Moses, Moses felt, he felt completely out of place. We see that at the burning bush. He felt, he felt like he was, like he was getting put upon by, are you kidding me? I, I can't speak. And every, with every excuse, God had an answer. You know, and, and I think that, that for, for, for many of us, it takes a, it takes a lifetime to wrap our minds around the idea that I have been delivered by a God who absolutely loves me beyond measure. And that's, a, that's, that's to, even when I fall and even when, when I sin and I will sin, so will you, we all will, you know, 
the difference is, is we don't live a lifestyle of that anymore because my deliverer has conquered that. That's right. And then I got one more. Sure, sure. And it's in Second Peter chapter 2. Mm. And it says, in Second Peter chapter 2, it says, but you are, now he's, this is Peter writing to these Christians. He's not writing to somebody coming down the way in a path, you know, in a, in a future text somewhere. <laughs> this is, he said, but you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. <laughs> you know, I am not now just a kingdom. Of, I'm not now just a priest. I am royalty. I ain't wrapped my mind around that yet. Paul will say, uh, I believe it's in Ephesians. He will say, you're brothers to the king. You're brothers to Christ. Mm -hmm. it's, uh, it's an amazing thing. I yes, mean, it is. He, you know, Christ... Not only is Christ our high priest, and he's in the order of Melchizedek, but we all follow him in that, yeah. which is why we are all royal priesthoods. It's, it's pretty, it's amazing, his grace and his mercy towards us. I don't remember if Todd talked about it Sunday morning in the communion. I think he did. One of you did. Maybe it was you. I think it was you said, said that the curtain was ripped from bottom to top. Yeah. Didn't, didn't you say yes. that? Yes. And, and that significant... Because it opens, it opens the opportunity and the dialogue for me between face-to-face -face with my Father. That's what Yahweh needs. That was what was coming in the Old Testament in Exodus 17 that Moses had no idea about. And we get to live it firsthand. We get to live it. I get to walk into the throne room of God. I, don't do, I may not do it often enough. And God probably gets frustrated with me sometimes because I don't. Because the opportunity is there. Jesus, the one who leads us in triumphal procession, has opened up the way for me to go into the most holy place. The place where God dwelt. The place where, where today, and you didn't cover this Sunday morning, but I was thinking about it, that uh, in Hebrews... Uh, Moses is told by God to build a tabernacle exactly like I tell you. Don't miss one thing because what you're going to build is a shadow of what I'm looking at. Huh. You want to know what heaven, part of what heaven's going to be like? Place where God is? It's going to look similar to the tabernacle that God told Moses to build. Moses didn't have any idea what was coming. He had no clue. He didn't have any idea. And here we are. In that seed line of Abraham. And we get to experience that. You know. And, and, and we're told in Hebrews also. That that uh, that only together with us. Could they be made perfect. Because it was going to depend on the blood of Jesus. To make all of this right. Yahweh Nisi. If we're certainly not perfect by our own actions. No that's we are sure. not. We could never be there. We in Colossians chapter 1. Just to, to mm -hmm. bring this royal and priesthood idea together uh -huh. a little bit. In Colossians 1. Paul will say that we've been translated. We've been moved from mm -hmm. one kingdom. The kingdom of darkness. To the kingdom of the sun. Yeah that's well, a good text. If yep. the kingdom hasn't come yet. Then how in the world. Are we, roy are we a royal priesthood? How in the world are we God's special nation mm -hmm. in Second Peter? How are we transferred from one kingdom to the other if that kingdom doesn't exist? And so it's something that we really, for this passage in Isaiah 11, it's something mm -hmm. we need to understand that while, yes, 
the Rev book of Revelation exists, and while, yes, there is a chapter 20, and, and yes, there's going to be this final judgment, no one denies that. Um, there will be this thousand-year reign, whatever that is, whatever John meant by that when he said it. Um, you know, I don't want to get into in all that too much. It's, it's not a class on Revelation, but the reality is we also have to understand that while there is a final, I guess you could say a final picture of what the kingdom is going to look like, and it's going to be awesome, there is also now That's absolutely that true. the kingdom here. This idea, look at this Isaiah 11 again, and look at this wonderful picture of peace. The wolf and the, and the lamb and the child and the vipers and the lion, the lion and the ox and all these things. This is a picture of peace. Mm -hmm. Well, what does the gospel do except create peace between enemies? Mm -hmm. The Jews and the Gentiles. Mm -hmm. I mean, that was, going back and looking at scripture, that now was... Now we're going to get off into a whole lot more study and we'll be here for a, for a whole Well, there was, there was a lot of conflict there, <laughs> yes, but there he was. delivers us yes, towards was. peace. Mm -hmm. It's where, you know, we, there was a very good brother in Dallas who just lost not too long, maybe, maybe about a year ago, who just who lost his brother or yes he lost his brother to a, a police shooting in court that brother forgave i remember that, that. Police officer. i remember that that's the kingdom yes it is these the, i mean i I'm, I'm i can only imagine but that's the kingdom that our king rules over that's the that 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 church that we are in that's the body of christ uh, to bring humanity to a place that says, you've hurt me greatly, but I forgive you. Mm -hmm. You have done something to me that is, you, can't, you can't imagine, mm -hmm. but I forgive you. And that's exactly what Christ said on the cross. Absolutely. Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And yeah. so it, it's, that's when we lose Isaiah, when we, when we fight over this passage in Isaiah 11, when we try to throw it way out there, we lose the beauty of what it means to be in his kingdom, to be in his church, to be his body. I think it, I think we're, you know, we can get, we can get to where we start talking about all kinds of what we ifs could. and maybe shows and, you know, and I, I'm really, you know, I mean, that's great for you and I to study together, you know, and, and to come to some kind of understanding. But for someone sitting out there that's watching in their home, they're watching in their car and they're watching on, on the screen and they're, and they're watching this, you know, and they're struggling with sin in their life. Yeah. You know, it really doesn't make any difference if the lambs are laying down with anybody at all. <laughs> they don't really care. Absolutely. You know, I mean, they don't, they can't, they don't have a vision at some point in the, of, of getting to heaven. They're just trying to figure out right now. Well, I can tell you and I can tell them that, that heaven can be duplicated here on earth. I have seen it. You know, I have, I have heard it on the other end of a phone. I have heard people talking. I talked to a guy yesterday, a brother in Christ yesterday. I won't tell you who it is because I don't want to embarrass him. And, and you would never know that he enjoys talking so much. We talked for over an hour. Anybody that talk knows I like to talk. And he said, he said, Dan, he said, you probably wish you had not called me back. He said, because I've taken up so much of your time. But man, I love that guy, man. You know, and I got to know him better yesterday. And, and I know that he and I would never have crossed paths ever because we lived in completely different realms if it hadn't been for the for the one who leads us in triumphal procession the one who made me and him both into a kingdom of priests you know has looked at me and said i'm going to adopt you and make you royalty man 
You don't have to say any more about this name of Yahweh Nisi than that right there because that's available to whoever's watching us. That's, that's right. available. That's right. It's available to them. All they have to do is accept that fact that Jesus was that guy and then do what he tells them to do. That's right. That's right. That's what he's always demanded. He said in John chapter 12, he said, the words I spoke will judge you in the last day. Well, the words he spoke, he told us, do what I tell you. Deny yourself, pick up your cross and follow me. That's right. And in that concept, in that concept of that is I have to be obedient. I have to strive to understand what he said to do and then do what he told me to do. That's right. You know, and it, it's just, it's a wonderful opportunity and I wish more people would take advantage of it. Well, I think, uh, I think we're, I think we're done for tonight. I Good. think we've yep. really hit, uh, I think we've hit it quite a bit. If, um, you know, if this is something that you still struggle with, if, if you're, if you're thinking, you know, if you're a person out there who thinks that this prophecy belongs somewhere in the future and you want to mull this over, you want to talk about with, talk about this with us, please email me, call us. We'll absolutely. talk about it. We're not, we're not trying to shut anybody down. We're no, not trying to shut anybody not. out. Absolutely not. We want people to see what, not only what this picture can be, but how taking it to the, taking it one way or the other, we're losing the whole point. We're losing the whole point. And absolutely. this is an offering of peace and hope that we can take comfort in our conqueror. We can take comfort in deliverance well, and it's available. We've looked at the provider. That's right. We've looked at the healer and now we've looked at the deliverer or the conqueror or the one who makes refuge. That's what he was talking about in these, mm -hmm. in these, in these, uh, these three got these three names, you know, we've still got a couple to go. We do, you we know, do. and, and, uh, you know, and before we get through, I want something that you asked us to do. And I just want to remind them, you asked, you gave them a, a not homework, well, it's kind of homework, but just scripture to read Psalm 103. That's right. And I just want to tell them what I've been doing. Sure. I took, it's 22 verses. And so I busted it into, into three groups of seven verses each. And I, and I, I read the first seven verses every day this week. And now tonight I'll start reading, you know, eight to 14. And then the last one, I'll read the last eight verses the last week. And so in three weeks, I'm going to read, I'm going to read that particular text. And I know you said, take a verse a day mm -hmm. and about the middle of April, we'll have it done. Well, yeah, I'm just going to challenge them again to not forget the text <laughs> that we gave them is Psalm 103 to, to read that. So this, this week and, and just going forward, church, if it, you, I'm sure you can see my PowerPoint there on the screen. We need to remember Yahweh Nisi. Mm -hmm. We need to remember that he is a deliverer. He's a conqueror, but he delivers us. The mm -hmm. conqueror who delivers. He's always moving towards deliverance. We need to look at that the ultimate deliverance is provided for us by his work through Christ. That Christ is the ultimate conqueror that provides the deliver, that our deliverance. We need to remember that we have a hand in choosing whether we stand before his throne of judgment or whether we stand before his throne of mercy. We have a choice. We have a choice to make. I think the big thing too is when you hear him today, don't harden your heart. If you've heard us, if you've heard the word today and you're thinking, how can I have this hope? How can I have this deliverance? Please don't hesitate. Reach out. I'm pretty sure our numbers are on the screen, probably somewhere right there. Just go ahead and reach out to us. Give us a call. Email me, okay? We'd love to talk to you because there's such wonderful peace here. There's such Absolutely. wonderful hope Absolutely. here. Um, and it's a faith that can be relied upon. It's a faith that can be relied upon. Further, we want to also oops, remember, if we advance that slide, going forward, Yahweh Nisi, he provides victory. So I want to encourage you going forward to pray for God's will to be done. 
It's one of the more difficult things. Oftentimes we're at Christ in the garden, prayed this. It's hard, but that's what we need to be focused on, his will. We need to pray for his patience with all, especially those who have not repented. We need to pray for peace and expecting his, uh, and accepting his judgments and his deliverance in his time, because he will. He move, he'll move in his time. Yeah. We need to pray for open doors and the wisdom and courage to walk through them. And finally, church, we need to praise and thank God for his ultimate deliverance through Christ. This is the big, this is, this is just some of the stuff I want to encourage you. Go ahead and do this week as you move forward. Um, so our homework, which we've covered, is, is just to continue to meditate and pray over Psalm 103. Um, if, you're, if you're joining us on Facebook, we're trying to put a, song, a, a verse out a day. Sometimes we skip Saturdays and Sundays. Um, I'm trying to figure out a way that I can automate all that. <laughs> but uh, So we're working on, on getting that. I know it's a little rough right now, but we're working on getting that very consistent. Um, help us provide some encouragement to a world that needs it. Mm-hmm. Help remind the world that there is Yahweh Nisi. Um, he desires to deliver us. That's his desire. And they sure. can do that by, you know, forwarding this, uh, this, these website and this Facebook thing and, and the YouTube, forwarding them to their friends. So if you're watching this on YouTube, please subscribe. Um, if you'd like the content, also you can go ahead and click that like, but like button down below. Um, you turn on the bell, you'll get notifications. And so if you like it and you want to see more of it, do all of that, please. And if you're on Facebook, share it. Um, Get the word out. We're trying to provide hope and encouragement in this time. And so we'd love to reach as many people as we could. We'd so. like to reach all over the United States and ultimately all over the world. That'd be great. You know, I know that there's a lot of people in Texas that are watching us, uh, but I'd like to see us reach way farther than that. You know, people are hungry for the word. Absolutely. They really Absolutely. are. Absolutely. Now more than ever. Now more than ever. All yeah. right, brother, why don't you close this out? All right, let's pray. Father, we thank you so much. Uh, for your son. Father, we know he told us that, uh, that uh, if we wanted to see you, that we need to look at him. And, and we're thankful that we have a, a picture of him, a spiritual picture of you through him. Father, we're thankful that we have a, a, a conquering general who leads us, uh, to, leads us to salvation, leads us to, is leading us to the promised land. Father, I pray that, uh, that you continue to, to bless each one of us, each one of us that, that's watching t- tonight, that you, uh, that, you, that you touch our families, that you touch, uh, again, that you touch Bernice and you touch Gen- Jennifer and, and, uh, in a very special way as they struggle uh, right now. Uh, Father, help us to, to share what we know with others. This is a lost and dying world. And you have have made it very clear that you expect us to share this message with that lost and dying world. Help us to do that, Father, in any way that we can. Thank you, Father, for the, for the opportunity that this technology has given to us to reach out far and far away, far from what we ever dreamed possible. Father, continue to bless this effort as we move forward, as we learn more and more things, and as we can, are capable of doing more and more things. Help us, Father. And thank you again for loving us. Thank you for your Son. Thank you for bringing us uh, to a place of redemption and a place of, of grace and mercy. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.